You're listening to Mid Morning Matters on Malo FM 97.5. Good morning to my guest, Leslie Buckridge. Leslie, good morning. Good morning, Chris. How are you today? I am I'm excited and apprehensive at the same time. Well, it's great to see you again because you've been on my show before, but I think it was well over a year ago, wasn't it? I think it was over two years ago and it was quite by accident. Uh, explain to me why it was by accident, <laughs> I can't remember. Well, I came wandering in the Longridge area looking for a, <laughs> for a yoga class. <laughs> and I that's saw... right, that's right, yes. You, and you ended up being a, a wonderful guest on my I show. I did, I walked in and, and the light was on and you, you uh, waved to me and asked me to come in and I said, I'm looking for the yoga class. And he said, come and have a sit down and chat with me on the radio. <laughs> And uh, it was fun at that time, um, and I was in training as a counsellor, and you asked me to come back, and here I am. That's brilliant, that's brilliant. And, and oh, you've been very popular in terms of the pre-publicity for the show, so much so we've already got our first phone caller for you. Oh, that's uh, great. And that's Gary. Gary, are you there? Yes, hello. Uh, hi, Gary, how are you doing? Fine, thank you, yes. You? Uh, yeah, very well, very well. Uh, can you tell me, uh, why are you calling, Gary? Um, I, I just... Phoning up, um, basically, obviously, because it's sort of this, this time of year, and um, you know, I, I, I've had a sort of thing going on for the past sort of few years now. Uh, I'm one of sort of three brothers, and um, both my other brothers are like in established relationships. Something that I've found a little bit more uh, harder to come by in, right. in my in my life. And uh, so sometimes at this time of year, I kind of feel like a little bit of a sort of spare wheel sometimes, you know, like I haven't got the traditional, you know, family thing going on. And I also live in uh, shared accommodation. So it's, you know, although I live with these people for some time, they're not really like my family. So, you know, it's, it's just sort of one of those things that's kind of... So it's tough. I, 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 feel, a, I feel a bit sort of at this time of year, yeah. It's, it's tough always for you, but uh, particularly at this time of year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's just just sort of something you notice that like you feel like you maybe maybe missing out, and you know, although you know maybe a full-on relationship isn't something you necessarily choose, it's something you maybe feel like you might actually be sort of missing out on something. Mm. And are you in contact with your family, Gary? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. We we still we still catch up and sort of see each other, but it's sort of mainly on sort of one of the other other days. Usually, maybe on Boxing Day or the, the day after, and you know, we just sort of get together. And my family, my mum and dad have moved away, so it's all a bit kind of. Yeah, and Christmas time is a time that we see lots of people coming together, connecting, celebrating, and sometimes when our own environments aren't like that, it really makes us see a difference. Um, and you are in touch with your family still, so have you have you told them that you feel a little bit on your own at the moment or at Christmas? No, not really. I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, I just sort of feel a bit like a, a satellite. You know, I, I kind of go where the action is when really sometimes I just sort of wish sometimes I had my own base, you know, like I'd sort of laid down roots and had somewhere of my own to, you know, stake my claim amongst it all rather than being like the sort of nomad at Christmas that just sort of goes where, eventually sort of goes where the action is. Mm. And what would be a more ideal situation for you? What would you like for Christmas this year, if, if you could make a choice? Oh, I, I think maybe, you know, like I say, I mean, something I would like to look to do in the future would be to have my own place, but sometimes, obviously, that's not so easy either to, you know, it's nice to think, to get that maybe, but, you know, 
get it is a lot harder than it is to think about getting it, you know, so. Yeah, and Christmas particularly is a time, well, loneliness is um, all year round, but particularly at Christmas we're aware of it, about feeling disconnected and wanting to connect, and it's not always possible. Um, so I'm hoping, Gary, that you're going to reach out and talk to some family and friends and see if you can um, catch up with some people over Christmas and also have some time for yourself as well. It's okay to have small Christmases and not have the whole chocolate box mm. scenario. Um, is it possible for you to reach out to friends and family, Gary? Yeah, 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 I, I think so. But, uh, you know, you just don't want to impose, do you, sometimes? You kind of think, mm, you know, oh, it's that, it's that, you know, the, that, that one that's out on his own and oh, we need somewhere to go. You don't want to sound like a bit of a charity case, you know. Yeah, and... You know, loneliness is an interesting phenomenon because we feel, sometimes we can feel shame around it, but it's a very normal experience. Um, so if you know somebody's on their own or if you're feeling on your own, pick up the phone, knock on a door, reach out and see if you can create some kind of connection this Christmas. Yeah, OK. All right, yeah, well, thanks, yeah. Is, is that something you think you can do, Gary? I think, yeah, yeah, I think so. Like, so I think sometimes it's just like, like you know, like Leslie said, it's just a case of... Um, yeah, actually talking and you know once you sort of do reach out you do maybe find that people might be a bit more receptive hopefully maybe yeah people may well be more receptive if you, if you start the start the conversation mm. yeah yeah absolutely so i'm hoping that someone in the family or some of your friends will have a spare place around the table for you gary to join in and if not perhaps you could invite someone to your place and it doesn't have to be the whole shebang the whole christmas day it could just be parts of it uh, coffee and a hot mince pie. Just small interactions with people keep us connected at this time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Right. Gary, was that useful advice for you? Yes. Yeah. Really. Really. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Very. Very good. And Gary, if you find that um, th there's a persistent um, n noticing persistently that you feel a bit disconnected, there's always. Um, Buck's Mind, that's why I'm here to talk about Buck's Mind. It's a mental health charity. We're based in High Wycombe and Aylesbury. And um, people sometimes feel that they are unable to talk to their family and friends or they just feel a bit that it's very private. And we are there to support people in a counselling role through difficult times and sometimes feelings of overwhelmment. So do have a look at the website, bucksmind.org.uk and have a look at um, what happens over Christmas to stay connected and also after Christmas to stay connected throughout life. OK, all right, well, I will we'll do that. Thank you very much. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, thanks, for, right. ca thanks for calling, Gary. All right, happy Christmas then. Oh, Goodbye. thank you. And, happy and Christmas to you, Gary. Yeah, all the best to you. So, Leslie, is, is Gary's story a fairly familiar one? Is this something you hear a lot around about Christmas time? Uh, there's a whole spectrum of experience for Christmas. Some people tell me about, you know, huge family gatherings, 17 people around the table, seven dogs running around, <laughs> just four generations all together celebrating Christmas. So that's one extreme. Yep. 
And that can sound appealing to some people, but also for some people, like, that would be a no-go area. <laughs> so to me, that would scare me to death. That would, <laughs> would absolutely have to, to scare me to death. Well, I, certainly in our Christmases, if it's, if it's my choice, it's just me and my wife and that's it. Mm. Um, but we, we sometimes go to see her relatives who live in the US and they're happy to do a big meal for eight people, but it would, that would scare me. I, I, I'm not that much of a socialite. <laughs> yeah, and I'm noticing that I, I shy away a bit from big celebrations as well. And I think things do change in our lives. Sometimes we want something very very connected, very sociable. Sometimes we want something more private. So I think there's a whole spectrum of, of people's experience of Christmas. And for some, it's a great connecting, magical time. And for others, it's not. And we're yep. there to support the people who struggle over Christmas That's as well fantastic. and throughout the year. Well, Happy Christmas is a message we're giving to everybody today here on Marlow FM, especially in this hour when we're talking about Bucks Minds, the mental health charity. And I mentioned earlier on, if you had a question or comment or wanted to speak to Leslie Buckeridge from Bucks Mind, you should give me a call. And that's exactly what Vic, uh, Victoria has done. Victoria, good morning. Oh, good morning. How are you today? I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, very well. Thank you so much for phoning Marlow FM. Uh, Leslie Buckridge is here. She'd love to hear your question or your comment. Hello, Victoria. Thanks for calling in. Good morning, Leslie. How are you? I'm a little bit apprehensive, um, but excited at the same time to be here, but really delighted to spread the message about Bucks Mind Mental Health Charity. Well, my question to you, Leslie, is um, this year I've uh, lost my very closest friend, Cancer, mm. and uh, we always had a celebration around Christmas together because... Uh, we were friends from our early 20s. We're, we, well, she's not with us now, but we're in our early 60s. And uh, so right through our lives, we together. And her birthday was around Christmas. And um, we would always get together. And now I've lost her, and I'm sensing that I really feel that gap that somebody really special to me that's always been in my life isn't with me anymore. And I'm just wondering how to cope with that. And, and it's making me think about other people that maybe I've lost, of parents, of relatives, or other friends with illnesses. And that can make the, the, the sort of Christmas season slightly tinged with sadness. And just kind of wondering if you've got any ideas about how to cope with that. Oh, Victoria, it's very sad, isn't it? You're you know, a very special friend for, for many decades together on a shared journey, and now she's gone, and it's you know left a huge hole in your heart, I, I imagine. So you're really noticing her absence, particularly at Christmas time. Yes, very much so. And, and uh, I've said, I mean, it was her, but she had a birthday on. Um, Christmas Eve, and also her son is my godson. His birthday was a New Year's Eve, so we'd always get together. There'd always be an additional um, aspect to Christmas because we'd, we'd always have that party together and being such good friends for years. Um, and I do feel it, at, at Christmas we, we are under a lot of pressure to always be happy. As, you know, I think you use the phrase the chocolate box Christmas where everybody's happy and joyous, and sometimes it isn't all joyous. It's, for me, it feels slightly tinged with sadness. I'm wondering if you might have any ideas of how I can remember her or, you know, what, what I might be able to do to sort of cope with her loss. I feel it quite strongly. Yes, and not only your friend, but also her extended family. So the whole family has been a big connection for you. Um, have you been in touch with the family at all? Um, 
Not recently, but I'm certainly thinking of um, reaching out and trying to get in touch with her children and her husband, who must be going through a very difficult time as well, being the first Christmas without her. Mm. Do you think that would give you some comfort to connect with um, her through her family, perhaps? Yes, I think that would be a good thing to do, and I think that is something that I would like to do. It's going to be hard for all of us, because we're all going to be very sad. Um, She's such a great friend and such a a lively person. It's very difficult to have somebody the same age as me who's lost their life. That makes me sense of my mortality as well. It does, it does. And you know, a huge gap in, in your world now that she's gone. Um, just checking in with how you feel about her. Are there any special memories you have about her? Fun things that you did together? Maybe she had a favourite drink or a... Did she leave anything for you that you can connect to? Yeah, we used to... We like shared a sort of... Um, we used to like listening to music together. I've got I've got things that she's given me which I have in my home, which I keep and I treasure. Mm. Um, and uh, I certainly will, you know, raise a glass to my absent friend. I think the suggestion about connecting with her family, I think that would be really important. I think I will try and do that over Christmas or between Christmas and New Year, and that would that would make me feel connected to her, and we can remember her and feel sad and feel happy together. Yeah, and I I spoke to um, someone recently who you know, it really loves Christmas. It's magical. Plus, also they're very connected to sadness about that their loved ones not there anymore, and they actually take some of their little uh, memorabilia and put little things on the Christmas tree, and they just create more meaning for the Christmas tree because um, it has some of their friends' things and possessions on it. So I don't know if that's a, a little idea for you, a little ritual perhaps. Yes, <laughs> yes, I really like the sound of that. That's, that's, that sounds lovely, and uh, I certainly will do that. And, that's a great uh, idea. I've, I've, yeah. never, I've never heard that yeah. before. It's a wonderful idea. And yeah. um, and perhaps you know, remembering her favourite drink to have a toast with her and maybe have a little chat to her. I think sometimes, yeah. especially in English cultures, we feel so uncomfortable about people's loss that we can't bear to be with it and we rather sort of try and ha- pretend it's not happening like the elephant on the table. But the reality is that if we're lucky, we will have deep connections and as we stay longer on this earth... We will lose people. It's it's going to happen. So it's much yeah. kinder to really acknowledge the loss and, and to celebrate the memory and, and, and be with um, that, that difficulty than pretend it's not happening. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And I've certainly put on some of our favourite music that we used to like to listen to together. Uh, and I certainly will remember her and, and reach out to her. Oh, can you? Is there any song in particular that you that you remember about her or your time together? Maybe you did some mad dancing together or something. <laughs> um, gosh, that's, that's a tricky one. Um, I remember we used to listen to a lot of Anita Baker. Which that's going back in time. There's one called Sweet Love, which was lovely. Oh. Um, and all, all all sorts of music we used to listen to together. But, yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, so for the memory. For, Victoria, for the memory of your dear friend, here's a song for her. Yes. Take care of yourself over Christmas. If you don't want to go on the air, then send us an email. And that's what Joe has done. So, Joe, thank you very much for getting in touch by email. Uh, you've just given your tips for a, for a happy Christmas, which I think uh, you're sending in so you, I can pass them on to, to everybody listening. So you tell us that uh, you absolutely love Christmas, both the, the build-up to it 
and the, the big day itself. Um, you're hosting and creating a vegetarian Christmas for eight family and six dogs. I don't know if dogs could be vegetarian, but maybe they could be. So six, six vegetarian dogs. Um, and they uh, used to tell us that you're, the whole load of you, the family and the dogs, are going for a walk after indulgences. Um, but your tips are to have a, a happy Christmas. Is you don't have anybody staying over because all the family live nearby, so that helps. And you also think that one of the key ingredients to a successful and happy Christmas is to be well organised. So you tell us that uh, you, you prepare and cook as much of your food beforehand as possible and, and no doubt set the table a day or two in advance or something like that. So do you think those are good tips, Leslie? I think so, and they're certainly working for Jo and her family. She's very lucky, isn't she, that her family are nearby. Um, I'm sure the dogs probably do get meat, because I think they, I'm not sure the vegetarian diet is good for doggies, but... Uh... Yeah, well, I, I've never, I, I think the dogs probably get some meat. Yeah, I've, I've, I've not heard <laughs> of it before. And just while we're just talking about uh, Jo, so first of all, Jo, thank you so much for email. It's good to hear from you, and I'm glad that you have some tips for a successful Christmas. What's, what's Christmas going to be like in your household? Um, well, to be honest, it's never been um, big things, um, so it, it won't be family or anything like that. But um, that's not really the reason I was calling. Um, I was listening to Gary in particular earlier on, and in some ways I feel it takes someone who's been depressed to understand someone who is depressed. And I've had four big episodes in my life, and particularly... Last Christmas, I was in a very bad um, you know, looking up at suicide, all, all that. And, um, and things changed around and I'm um, having a wonderful time, just about a two-month road trip in England. So uh, we're having a little bit of difficulty hearing you. Make sure you're taking, speaking right into the mic on the, on the phone. But you're saying that Christmas, has re- your life has really turned around in a positive way. Yeah, and... Um, yeah, listening to Gary, I think, for me, it's changing the situation uh, really helps. You know, you get a lot of people saying, what's the matter with you, especially my mother, and um, it doesn't help, of course. And in a way, you just have to encourage them to make baby steps. All right, so Mark, you, you've been in a situation where you've had some quite diffi- some difficulties in the past with your mood and you mentioned depression, and yet you've managed to overcome that and reconnect with yourself and, and, and engage with the world, and now you're in a much better place. And, and your tips for how people could support you if you're feeling low or depressed over this time or any time, what, what's, can you offer some tips what's helped you? Okay, well, as I said, last year was terrible, and I was staying, I'd just come back from a failed marriage, in Thailand, and I was staying with a friend in Wallingford, and you know, basically spending all day in bed. And um, she said, "Come on, you can't spend Christmas on your own. Let's go and see my sister and her extended family in London." So a friend reached out to you and said, "Look, let's um, let's try and get you engaged in yeah. in the world again." And it it was okay, and uh, presumably they all knew I was struggling, and yet. You know, they didn't mention it. Just treated me as well, one of the family. Actually, it was great. So you were included in their in their celebrations and their around the table, and just let, yeah. allowed to be part of it, but also allowed to be with whatever's going on for you as well. Exactly. Yeah. 
So they were accepting back of your struggle? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think that is the key thing, is not to push someone or pressure them, just to let them... And again, in some ways, I would say, when you're depressed, you need to actually go deep into depression and not be trying pulled out of it quickly. Because it can be a very beneficial experience. Yes, and it's, but it can also be such a painful experience that we want to rush through it and, and get out of it. But you are able to stay with it and, and have a more a gentle um, journey back to health. Well, I'd say I changed where I was living and I ended up doing a lot of gardening for the old lady I was living with uh, for free. And um, just getting outdoors, doing something useful, having a bit of a sense of purpose, um, so, help. Yeah, so Mark, um, despite your own difficulties, you reached out to help other people. And perhaps did you get a sense of value, a, a sense of um, contributing and, and connecting? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And um, she was over the moon with all the work I did because her husband was dying of um, Alzheimer's. Uh, so he couldn't obviously help. He's, you know, it, in her 80s, I can't remember now. And so I did a, a lot of work, and yes, that sense of contribution gave me, well, a, a bit of purpose yep. in my life. So you got... And that led to her recommending me to other people. Suddenly I had some money coming in from doing some gardening. Right, so you started to reconnect. She then introduced you to her network. You got some money coming in. You were moving and active, which is always good for the body. A lot of um, people don't realise, but when we move more, we actually create some great chemistry in our brains and we actually lift our spirits chemically. So you, it sounds like you did some, a, lot, a lot of things spot on and it was intuitive for you, Mark. And I, I'm really pleased that you've managed to turn things around in your life. And I wish you a wonderful Christmas. And that comes from me as well, Mark. So thank you so much for your call and, and for your, your comments, which I'm, I'm sure are going to be of value to, uh, to Gary and to any others with a, a similar concern. Yeah, thank you. Very, uh, uh, could I just say one last thing? Another thing people say is there's light at the end of the tunnel, things will change. When you're depressed, you just do not believe that. Mm. And perhaps for some, it won't change. But for many, it will. Thank you, Mark. Very wise words, very honest words. Thanks so much okay. for your contribution. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas Mer to you, Mark. Merry Christmas to you. Bye. Yeah, Merry but Christmas to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And, uh, and thank you for that thought about there being light at the end of the tunnel. Is that, is that a phrase you find yourself using sometimes with people who come and see you uh, at Buck's Mind or speak to you at Buck's Mind? I, I agree with Mark. It's not necessarily a helpful phrase. It can be a bit glib. It's, it's about people finding it very difficult to be with people's sadness. We are you know, very complex people with a whole range of emotions. And what we like to see is all the positive, happy ones. And what we're uncomfortable with is the darker, uh, more uncomfortable ones. So when we say light at the end of the tunnel... Some people see that as positive, but some people can hear that as dismissive. It's not acknowledging how they're feeling in the moment. And, and the, I think what we can do is just be with people's difficulties. Yeah. Mark was very, you know, he lost... Very helpful, very, 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 very giving, wasn't he? Very mm. sharing of his own experiences and his, and own, his, own, his own concerns and his own issues that he's faced. Yeah, a lot of self-awareness there. Yeah. And, you know, massive loss in a t catatonic state almost, and you know, couldn't get out of bed. And then gradually, baby steps, he managed to rebuild 
his world. I mean, that's fantastic. And anyone out there who's listening in, I'm Leslie Buckrish from Buck's Mind. We are a mental health charity. We're based in High Wycombe, about 20 minutes from here, near the little offices. We also have an office in Aylesbury. And I'm talking about adult counselling. If you think it might be helpful to um, come and see us and have some um, counselling face-to-face in the same room, we're available for you. Please get online, bucksmind.org.uk. And we also have another service that we are piloting at the moment, which may be of interest for people who have difficulty accessing mental health support. And that is a live online Counseling. Oh right, okay. So how does how does that work? Is that right? that's rather than face to face? Because you you, you you do offer the facility for people to come and visit you. Yeah, we do. So we have in High Wycombe. We have offices in High Wycombe and Ellsbury, so you can actually go there and see a counsellor like me face to face in the same room. Right. Now, for some people, that's difficult. They can't access it. They can't get there on time. They don't have a car. They may have some physical uh, difficulties or social difficulties where they can't. Get, come to us they could be carers yep. um long office hours traveling and so we've uh, we're pilot- piloting this um accessibility scheme whereby people can actually connect with us live online and that's on your website which is it's on the website bucksmind.org.uk you can self-refer you don't need to see a gp right. you can get online or you can phone us and you can ask to come in and have an assessment and see if we are uh, the right service for you and in, in turn we'll make we'll just check and see if we are able to support you Bucksmind is um, a very successful charity thank goodness we are affiliated with national mind and um for people who live in Marlow, we're not far away. Our nearest office is in High Wycombe, uh, near the Little Shop. Mm, I know it well. I yeah. Know it well. Yeah. And also we have offices um, in Aylesbury and also Chesham. So it's a very local part of the community. And we offer a lot of, of um, services and support. And I'm particularly talking about adult counselling. And you can, if you feel a bit overwhelmed or you're struggling with personal issues, loss, bereavement, relationship struggles, perhaps um, anger management, all kinds of personal struggles that we face, um, you can reach out to us online or by phone. You don't need a referral from your GP. And you can come and talk to us. And if it's a good fit for you and for us, then you can be offered 10 sessions in the same room, face-to-face counselling with a trained counsellor. The other um, service we have that you may not be familiar with, this is new, it's special, it's it's innovative, and it's the online counselling service. And this is where you can connect to a counsellor live online audiovisually and this is particularly useful people who struggle to actually get to our offices perhaps you work a lot or work long hours or you're a carer and so we're trying to make it more accessible right and how long has that been in operation Um, we launched that it's a pilot scheme we launched it in june so it's six months now uh, we're at full capacity. Um, I've got some clients who are now finishing some sessions. So we have some um, free spots in um, January and February. And I'd really like people to have a look and consider that for themselves. 
So if, if you're listening, uh, dear listener, and you have a concern that you think might be something that you'd like to discuss with somebody from Bucks Mind, then you should definitely look there as your first stop. Absolutely. And even if it's not about accessibility, sometimes the thought of, of seeing a stranger and talking about personal things can be a bit daunting. So perhaps online um, gives you a little bit more privacy and a bit more safety around that going on that journey of, of self-exploration. Right. And have you found so far that people have reacted well to it? I'm surprised. I, I have to say, I, I was kind of curious about how it would go, because personally, I would want to be in the same room with someone. But that's just me. I'm an extrovert. Um, I'm really surprised at how people are self-selecting for online. And it could be that they are just like to be in the privacy of their own bedroom, for example, or they will book a, a room in the office or if they are travelling in, in, in hotels, they can dial in from a hotel. So I notice that it fits some people very well. Right. Do, do you think it, over time the the online access will overtake the face to face, or will overtake the, the telephone call, or will you continue to offer across multi channels? Do you think? Uh, I. I think that the best thing we can do is to give to the community what the community needs. Some people want to be in the same room as a counsellor, and some people don't necessarily or they can't so i think the individual needs to check in with themselves at what what their needs are and fit um the service to their needs i hope that we will offer a spectrum of services for different needs and face-to-face counseling is a bit different from online counseling yeah is it tougher for you as a, as a counselor Actually, I, I would say yes, because I, I lose a lot of visual cues. We actually tr- are trained to read people's um, bodies and how they express themselves, and you can lose some of that uh, online. So you have to listen much harder and, and check and clarify what people are saying. So it's a different experience. That's right. All the nonverbal signals that, that people give out, uh, which you can learn so much from. Exactly. And, you know, you literally get the shoulders and hands, but the body does tell a story. And so we're not seeing from the waist down so we can't see the legs or the feet tapping or whatever so we're slightly blunted i would say in 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 what we can actually work with and therefore we use other techniques to to close that gap so it's it is a different experience that's fascinating the other thing is um some people come in online and then transfer into face-to-face same room and some people who've been in a face-to-face same room counselling session sometimes gently exit online because they want to have a, a sort of longer um, sort of goodbye period. So we try and be flexible for each of our clients coming to us. And, and for a, if there's a typical client, I don't know if there is or not, but how many sessions would you normally see them? Um, do you have people you see regularly uh, once a week or once a month and that goes on for a long time? I wish we could. We we are a charity and we do, we re- rely on donations. Um, we can offer up to ten sessions for for each client if they are a good fit. Um, they don't have to have all ten sessions. And what can happen after ten is that they really feel that they benefit, and they go away and reflect and put into practice some of their new learnings. And they can always come back to us. My guest is Leslie Buckridge. We're talking about mental health and uh, I know that you've got some some tips for people uh, to to keep their mental health on track is a probably a good way of saying it uh, at this Christmas time and probably for the entire year I think you've brought 12 top tips that you've created should we have a look at the first few of those Leslie certainly yes and I think some of these are intuitive but it's it's there's no harm in repeating yeah <laughs> some good tips so first of all I would say always try to plan ahead 
Now, it's a little bit late because of today's date is the 17th. It is. So we've got less than 10 days. But if you can still plan ahead, um, you know, sit down quietly and just have to think about the kind of Christmas that you'd like to have rather than the Christmas perhaps you think you should have. Make some notes and see how many of those tasks you'd enjoy and how many tasks that you could delegate. Oh, delegation, yes. Yeah, I love delegation. When you reach out and ask for help and support, it is amazing how much people want to help and be part of it. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. Um, you know, if you've got people coming around, make sure um, if they're capable and willing and able to see if they can bring something, bring a dish, bring something to drink, bring some decorations, some flowers. Oh, yes, that's, that's so true. I mean, I'm just thinking about my own experience because when we go for our Christmas, which we usually go and see my wife's sister, um, it is, um, you know, a, hu- a huge dinner and she has so much work to do and and, and the guests sometimes don't do as much as perhaps we should do to, to bring stuff with us so so we could perhaps create create a, a course or uh, bring bring us, uh, some plates that are already ready to go and so on yep and do you notice that um the hostess or the host are they able to ask for help or or do you think what, what's going on there in terms of- uh, I, I think she she tends to assume it's her job just to keep working and not really relax and her job to make sure everybody else has a a nice time and i always feel guilty about it and it's also somebody else's kitchen as well so i don't know where everything is so the number one tip I, that you can help actually on the day mm. is is taking plates uh, f- from the kitchen to, to the dining table and from the dining table back when they're finished back to the kitchen you don't need to have any expertise you don't need to know where things are you don't need to make a, a mess a nuisance of yourself by saying where does this go where how where do i put how do you like to stack the, stack the dishwasher you don't need to ask those questions you just need to move plates around so that's that's a good thing for people to do to, to help the uh, help the organizer help the cook yeah be a little helper yep Santa's little helper exactly brilliant um and also i noticed that particularly for females um we can be very nurturing and we can over nurture others and under nurture ourselves so um my next tip would be (laughs) to um make time for yourself so if you're actually driving this whole thing and hosting um put some time aside for yourself perhaps you can close the kitchen you can announce that the kitchen is now closed (laughs) you can leave out a selection of things for people to graze on and help themselves and perhaps go upstairs and put your feet up or go for a walk or whatever you want to do so please plan and book in some self-care and nurturing for yourself yeah that's 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 fantastic prioritize yourself as well as prioritizing other people yes do you have a do you go for a run chris in between um lunch and afternoon tea uh (laughs) yes usually um uh on christmas day it's it's not so much a run it's more of a walk uh because we'll be uh somewhere where where the weather will be probably fairly cold this year and Mm. the the last thing i want to do is is be running in the snow (laughs) yeah i think it's going to be cold and, and wet this christmas um but something nice to think about is for christmas um day it will be a full moon in the evening, oh, which right. is very okay. special. Uh, the next time we have one is uh, 17 years ahead. So if you want to have a more of a spiritual engagement over Christmas, you can look at the moon if the clouds are clear. Right, that's fantastic. Mm. I didn't realise it was a full moon. I hope we got that right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was your, your top three tips. Go or, or, Not top, the first three. What's the fourth tip? Mm. So um, now this is, this is a good one, I think, for today with social media to avoid comparisons oh gosh yes oh yes so when you compare you set yourself up for despair 
Yeah. Yeah. So don't look at the Joneses. Don't look over the fence. Don't look at the Kardashians. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, just look at your own world, your own family, your own friends, and decide on the Christmas you want for your family and your budget. Right. That's 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 an ideal way of doing it. So not don't look at other people. But this, of course, stretches further than just Christmas, doesn't it? I mean, in my life as a personal trainer, it actually stretches into that as well. Because when I go to the gym with clients um, and helping them, perhaps doing some some weight training, some resistance training. Um, they, every now and then I, I catch them comparing themselves with other people in the gym saying, oh, my, my, my friend can lift more than me or that person <laughs> over there, look what he's doing. And I say, no, no, that's not the way to look at it at all. You, you, the only competition you have, if you want it, is competition with yourself. So you want to try and do better this time than you did last time, uh, if that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do that. I mean, if you want to try and improve in the weights, do that. But the last thing you do is compare with, with other people. So what was your line? If you go to compare, you're, you're going to Yeah, if you, if you choose to compare, choose to you compare, can yeah. lead yourself into despair. Yeah. And I, th- I think that... I mean, so, social media probably doesn't help yeah. with that, does it? Well, I'm really careful around social media. I've learned to be because what I notice is if I flick into something like Facebook, I can go into this wormhole and very quickly I can feel pretty rubbish about myself. So I'm very careful where I, where I look for information because it, you can set yourself up for a huge disappointment in your world if you do that. Because everybody on social media posts truly wonderful things about themselves. Exactly. How many photographs do you see of a crying baby or somebody having an argument or all the stuff that we don't want people to see? We always show our best selves on Facebook, so we're only getting half the story, aren't we? Yeah, and it's and it's that's uh, a route to, uh, to certainly levels of anxiety or depression. I think if you're going to uh, study Facebook and, and start comparing yourself with the images and the activities you see on there. Exactly, yeah. Leslie. Uh, you, we're just looking at some of your top tips for a for a happy and contented time. We want to talk about happy and content later on as well. But uh, we've looked at four tips. I think you've got another four up your sleeve. Is that right? Yes, I've got a few few up my sleeve. And now this one, I think you're going to like. Right. Um, and this is about getting outside and having some activity in the day. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, because you know it's we enclose ourselves all together. And um, sometimes people drink too much and it gets hot and um, people eat too much and tempers can get frayed, especially if, you know, we've got in-laws and outlaws coming to stay and we, you know, sometimes there are some family issues. So it's good to get outside and connect with nature and move. Our bodies are meant to move. So, so get out there and move and perhaps sweep up some leaves or kick a ball around and maybe have a little treasure hunt in the garden, hide some little gold coins in the garden full of chocolate and get the kids to go and find them. Something like that. Not expensive. So get moving for at least part of the day. Go, go for a long country walk, go for a, go for a bit of a jog or something, something similar. Yeah, borrow I mean, a doggy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exercise is well known is for, for releasing hormones that make you feel better. You get the feel-good hormones released through through exercise. And, and that, those feel-good hormones work against depression and anxiety, do they? Oh, absolutely, yes. So people think it's about the way you're thinking and they think about the mind and the body. They're all connected. It's a whole system and it's all, they're all related. So if you can get yourself moving, you create all these happy chemicals and they help lift your mood, literally. Yeah, that's fascinating. 
Good. Uh, so a good tip is to get outside moving. As as you may know, dear listener, I'm a personal trainer and I advocate everybody to go out and do at least uh, 20 minutes worth of exercise every day uh, in addition to the normal walking around. And makes makes you feel a whole lot better. It really does. Well, I was going to add two tips about trying to eat healthily in alcohol moderation, but I sound like... Um, the party pooper, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. That's what I tell all my clients all day long, every day, so eat, eat, eat healthily and alcohol in moderation. So uh, if I can tell them to do that, you can tell them as well. So go, go for it. <laughs> all right. Well, what I would say is after our day of excess and indulgent, indulgence, and I think, you know, I think it's great to indulge. I oh, yeah, love me. indulging. Yeah, me too. However, everything's in balance. And what can happen is we can all get together, all connect, drink too much, eat too much, uh, have frayed tempers and frustrations and feel tired. And that can be a bit overwhelming. So there's something called a drop after any significant event. It could be running the marathon or a new job interview or something big in your life that you've been focusing on, like Christmas. And afterwards, there's this phenomenon where we have a drop. It's completely normal and natural, and it's likely going to happen to many of us. So a tip would be to manage your emotional drop, and that is... All that connecting creates all these chemicals in the brain and then after the event and everyone's gone home and you're left with all the rubbish to clear up, you, all those chemicals aren't being replaced and they literally deplete in the brain. So plan for that. Plan a duvet day or half a day. Plan to self-care. Plan a bath. Plan to do some grounding and just have a gentle day just to ease yourself back into your routine. That's an excellent idea. So, so don't go straight, don't go panicking straight back into activity again. No, I think people are a bit frightened of it. They think something's wrong. No, they feel a bit low, a bit flat. It's a very normal phenomenon. It's very natural. Uh, not everything can keep going higher and higher and higher. Everything has you know, ups and downs, and it's just you recalibrating to your normal self. That's brilliant. Are these tips you found from your own common sense or are these tips that you found having worked with your clients and these are the things that you found have helped clients? I found them on google.com. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Um, but, but you fully endorse them yourself. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, people think that when they do um, counselling that the counsellor knows more than them. It's not true. Okay, no. we've been through some training but I learned so much from, from the clients. They're so wise, so intuitive and I steal little nuggets from them as well well yeah and I'm, I'm sure you no normally find that clients um often come to when they come to explain their problem to you they actually provide the solution as well they just need to put the two together they haven't realized they know the solution themselves yes for all clients actually i we depending on the training but my personal training is that we believe that the the client actually does know best for themselves, but perhaps they are stressed and they're not connecting to themselves or they've looked outside for the answers and they're, they're losing touch with their own internal thoughts and, and um, wisdom. Yeah. So we try and help them to um, reconnect with their own internal wisdom and make some smart choices for themselves. How many times have you had a session whereby you've come to the end of it and the client has said, oh, oh, oh thank you for that advice, that's been really useful. And then you said either to them or just to yourself, but I haven't given you any advice. <laughs> you've, you've answered your own question by just talking. How, how many times does that happen? Yes, well, um, actually, in, in counselling, we don't give advice. Yeah. Uh, we have to be really careful about what we say because yep. it, we're trying to empower, to support the, the client empowering themselves in their world. So when they get a bit stuck and they don't know, um, we encourage them to explore what the possibilities are, what the options are. We might, we might say, what would your best friend do? Or do you, is there someone you aspire to? What might they do? So we help, we help them go on an exploration of options. 
by yeah. asking you, you, you ask questions you you, yeah. you ex- explore the, the the other possibilities they might not have thought of by asking open questions that yeah. lead them down tracks which, which they hadn't perhaps thought of and as and at the end of it they think that you've answered the question and in fact you haven't yeah exactly so all we've done is given them some a safe space safe and confidential space to really go on a journal journey of self-discovery self-awareness and find out what who they are inside what's important to them and making some smart choices for their lifestyles. That's brilliant. So, uh, how many more tips do we have on your tip list? Because I've, my, my, I've run out of fingers. <laughs> okay. Um, well, we have talked about talking to someone. Yeah. So, lo- noticing that, you know, when we... Some people feel lonely and disconnected at Christmas. And what a strange world where we are. We've never been so more connected in life through the internet. And yet... Possibly there's a loneliness epidemic across all ages. How interesting is that phenomena? Yeah. So really knowing that loneliness is normal. That, that, even- sorry, I just want to think about that again. That's an amazing comparison. We, we have a, an, an internet epidemic with everybody on social media all the time. And yet everybody's, there's a loneliness epidemic as well. So being, being more connected leads to being more, more lonely. Exactly. Now, some people are really good about being connected. They'll phone a friend and say, oh, my, my partner's away on business or whatever. Oh, I'd love to have some girly time, catch up yeah. time. Some people ask for connection easily and other people struggle. So if you struggle, then just do it very gently, maybe a text. And if you know somebody in your world who is struggling with loneliness, reach out to them. Yeah. Christmas is about connecting and it's about giving. It's not about buying, it's about giving. And you can give with your heart, with your time, with kindness. Leslie, thank you so much for being my guest today. It's been fascinating. Uh, I've learned a lot. Um, and, uh, of course, well, our listeners interacted greatly. We had uh, phone calls and emails from listeners, which is great. Um, and uh, any, any final tips, any final thoughts for everybody this time of year? Just say thank you, Chris, for having me on. I've enjoyed it very much. Learned from you. And um, just to say that Buck's Mind is a mental health charity based in Wickham and Ellsbury. If you're struggling over Christmas, please get on to our website and get some tips there to how to manage over Christmas. And longer term, if you'd like some counselling, either in the same room face-to-face or online in a live audiovisual link, please get in touch with us and see if we can um, make that happen for you. You're listening to Mid-Morning Matters on Marlow FM 97.5.